from the Upload Virtual Studios, we bring you the latest news, reviews, comments, and interviews from the VR space. I am Kyle, your host, and today on the panel we have... It's me, it's Jimmy. I'm holding my hands up, and I'm trying to decide on my favorite new finger pose to do. The tracking will still keep on. I need like a sign. What sign should I be? Let's... uh chit chat a little bit here so uh jamie you were doing something fun earlier weren't you yeah onward came out on quest today uh we've had it since monday onward is a military simulation online shooter uh it's been on pc vr for uh probably like three or four years by this point it's very very popular uh, known for its authenticity um and actually like kind of got ahead in the game very early on in the shooter space online shooter space and has grown a massive audience around that People have been waiting a really, really, really long time for it to come out on uh, on Quest, and there, it's it's a very interesting port. We haven't we have a review in progress. We have not scored the game yet because we have not tried the crossplay function supports full crossplay between PC and Oculus Quest, uh, but we haven't had a chance to try that yet. It wasn't available in a review build before the game went live today. But graphically, a little, a lot of sacrifices have been made to the game. Huge sacrifices. Oh my god, video. Wow, what's going on? So, right, let's actually go through this video. This is great. Oh, this is so exciting. I'm like a... It's like I'm presenting the weather. Jamie, what version of PC was this? This is the... This is pre-release... Um, Pre-Quest release. So it's the version people were playing earlier this week. Up until today, the new version went live a little while ago. So here we go. Look at this. This is one of the game's most popular maps. This is called Suburbia. It's kind of like Nuketown if you've played uh, Call of Duty. And look at the difference. It's just striking. And we've been talking about this a lot today uh, between the team. This doesn't necessarily mean that the entire experience is bad. In fact, me and David streamed it earlier and had a blast. But this is probably the biggest and most striking difference between two versions of a VR game on Quest and PC. I think that, I, that I've seen on the headset so far. If we're looking, like, the trees are completely gone in the Quest version. Um, the foliage is entirely different. Again, like, the, the green little, horrid green little blobs, as you can see there. There's a lot of different geometry in the maps as well. They're actually physically different on Quest. And so what's happening today is Downpour Interactive, the developer, is updating the PC VR version. Uh, so that they actually match geometry-wise, so that the crossplay can happen. We haven't dived in to see the tweaked maps on PC yet. I have been, uh, I have got the update installed, and I'm probably going to take a look after we're through with the download. Look at the washing machine. Oh dear, that's some popping right there. When you say they're going to they're bring parity between the two of these uh, versions for crossplay, so that means that the PC VR version will reduce in quality to pair up with what the quest offers is that accurate? well i mean we 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 don't know what kind of graphical impact there's going to be we spoke to dante the founder at downport and he said that they made the changes because of yes like rendering restrictions and whatnot on quest um that doesn't necessarily mean that redesigned maps are going to result in a worse experience uh, i'm sure you know some people are probably going to be upset that they've had their map experience changed so that it could fit the quest. But I, I, I guess all, I'm, all I can say right now is I'm going to be really interested to see what the reception is to this going forward over the next few weeks because 
Onward has a very, very dedicated fan base. And will they be happy with these changes? I don't know. Even if they aren't happy with these changes, is it more important that the game's now West and it's probably going to have a massive influx of new players? Could that take Onward onto the next level? Uh, it's a really, really, really fascinating set of trade-offs. Well, the thing I spent the most time in is real VR fishing. Oh, it is mm. so beautiful. And that is getting multiplayer. They're doing a beta for it right now. It should be out early August on Quest. Uh, multiplayer, and I think you can have up to four people. So you start off in the lodge, and then you go out to various stages to fish. And I've had so much fun playing that with my kids. I feel weird about letting kids go into VR, right? Younger kids, because of all those warnings. And so I'm really resistant to uh, do that for any length of time. Real VR fishing, it's a beautiful, beautiful environment. And I had my five-year-old sit on my lap, and I let I streamed the quest to a tablet that he was looking at and let him learn to fish by watching the tablet and holding the Oculus Touch controllers without have actually wearing the headset. I was wearing the headset, and he was watching the mirror playing on the tablet. And he basically learned to fish. And it was so cool, and it worked That's out so cool. much better than I imagined. Harry, now that you're back, what have you done this week? I haven't really been... There's nothing I've really played this week, to be honest. I've been quite busy writing. You've been keeping up with your deaf I've not reviewed anything or anything this week. <laughs> Sorry? You're essentially our in-deaf. You're essentially our in-deaf editor. At <laughs> Since you brought it up, uh, if you are an in-deaf player or want to be an in-deaf player, there's a really cool uh, archery contest they've got going on until I think the fourth of August, um, yeah, which I wrote about this week. And basically, you have to get one of the top ten high scores between now and August fourth, and you'll get your name on a little stone tablet in the kind of like hub world uh, as recognition, which is pretty cool. And they said they've got more game modes and stuff coming. So, again, I will say if you want to check out something cool on Quest, check out In-Death because I love it. Yeah. They also just released another patch for it today, like the 1.05 patch. Oh, did they? Like, guys, guys, slow down. <laughs> One of the things that I said in my review was that the graphics were noticeably you know, downgraded, as you would expect. But yeah. since then, they've updated the – even in your comparison video, you were like, oh, the crossbow is one of the things that looks very different. Um, they updated yep. the crossbow crossbow model. Um, they've added more reflective um, stuff. The crossbow. Uh, they've uh, they've added more reflective kind of stuff on. I think the helmets. Um, so this yeah, is the old so version we're here. just seeing on the screen now. But so you can yeah. see some really big differences. And I, I've looked at some of the new gameplay, and you're right. The crossbow is really different. It's dramatically improved. Yeah, and the fog was the other thing I noticed as well. And they said the way that light interacts with the fog is better. But like just going back in this week, there was some of the corridors had nicer fog effects uh, indoors and stuff, which weren't there before. So it's really cool that they've quickly kind of updated that. Um, and I think it's also cool that they've not kind of, uh, you know, I know you guys are talking about Onward before and kind of quest ports and whatnot. It's cool that they've not gone, okay, this is what we've shipped and that's that. They're still trying to improve it wherever they can, which I think is really uh, admirable. There's this weird kind of consistency to us getting a review build of a quest game, saying some things about it, and then by the time the game's released, actually some of those complaints have like kind of already yeah. been addressed. Yeah. It's, and I, I do think it speaks to the nature of like how different the release cycle on quest is as opposed to a traditional console where you've probably set a date much further out um yeah and you're working towards it very as fast as you can whereas 
I feel like it's a lot more immediate on Quest, and sometimes it's a case of Oculus saying, well, you could release on this day if you want. And people like are like, okay, we have to get ready for that day. So let's get the review the review build out that people like upload on the Monday, but we're just going to have to keep working through and through that, which is obviously happens a lot with traditional development. But the, yeah. the jumps we're seeing uh, between like review builds and release builds can be quite striking sometimes. As you said, traditional games, you set the date and you're working towards that. A lot of times when we talk to Quest developers, they're like, oh, we're not sure yet. It could be next week. We're waiting to hear when we might be finishing yeah. this thing off. And it's kind of like there's not actually a date until like, you know, a week, maybe two weeks before in a lot of cases. So, yeah, I think you're on the money there. Yeah. It seems like they kind of set a point where they finish it up to that point, And then there's kind of this little, all the little bits come after a bit like we've seen in depth where they've kind of just made those little small changes after launch. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. think about what's coming in uh, August, it's, Solaris is coming to Quest in August, right? And I think traditionally, you know, if you're a developer and you're making a game for a normal console, once you're in the month that your game is going to come out, ideally yeah, you, you want people to know when it is. But they yeah. don't know right now. And is that is that because they have the freedom to publish on Quest whenever it's done? Or is it because, you know, there are these... And then speculatively, are there these like slotted release dates or whatnot or something like that? I agree. All right. Well, hey, what do you say we get into the real news? You guys ready? Let's do it. I'd say, how dare you if it's saying that I was playing onward was not real news? Yeah. The news that's on my sheet here is. (laughs) Yeah. How about some real news now, Carl? How about some real news now? I'm jesting. All right. So, first news piece we have for this week. Other than the awesome stuff we just talked about, uh, <laughs> is that the new Oculus Quest, whether it's Quest Refresh, Quest 2, whatever you want to call it, uh, it has apparently adjustable lenses for IPD, interpupillary distance. Now, I know my IPD is 64.7. Harry, do you know your exact IPD? I'm not exact. I know I said it to something like 64 or 65 on my Quest. But hooray, it does have an IPD adjustment. Go ahead, Ian. Why don't you fill yes. us in? All right, you, you, so come on, Ian. talk to the leaker on Twitter who originally started leaking this new quest and basically requested a, lo- a view of the lenses, and this is what we got was this close-up view. And you can see this space right here where the lenses can be moved. You can see the two up there, and we've confirmed that there are three positions for these lenses. You can move them closer together, this is the number two position where they're in the middle, or you can move them wider. And that should fit uh, a wider range of IPDs in those three settings. Uh, obviously, there's uh, more we need to do to confirm and learn about this headset. But, you know, it was frustrating, kind of, to see these images leak. And everyone in the world who has a Quest or is thinking about buying a Quest is immediately debating because that slider isn't there whether it's a quest light whether it's a quest pro whether it's a replacement for the quest but because that slider wasn't there it seemed a lot of people started thinking that this is all about cutting cost about uh i mean it could be it could be partially about cutting cost but everything we're seeing is pointing to cutting weight and making it a more comfortable experience because it's much lighter. If you cut IPD out of the equation, it would have been a completely different proposition for a lot of people, I think. 
one thing Heaney has, has said to us, uh, and I think he said in his article as well, is that you know a lot of people drastically underestimate how uh, complex uh, an IPD kind of slider like you have in the current quest where it can move, you know, in millimeters, you know, how much that complicates things. Whereas if you think of a switch, one, it's good that, that you know, there's a point last week where we weren't sure if this could even, if you could even move the lenses. It's nice to know that, you know, mm. um, that there's three, at least three settings better than nothing. But if you're going to three set positions, there's probably, you know, an argument to be made that that's a lot easier for them to uh, engineer slash produce reliably because it's just three set positions as opposed to being able to exactly position it. And to be clear, we believe that the way this functions is you actually grip the lenses and move the lenses into those three mm. positions. So you can just, I notice there's those three little grooves on the side of the lens. It would be really easy to just put your finger on that and move it into position three, position two, position one. Because we've been saying switch, but it's not like you press something or move the two thing. Is that what you're saying? You actually grab the lens. No, there's no switch, I don't think. Uh, I think you physically move the lenses themselves uh, into one of those three positions, and it snaps to those three three spots, I believe. Do you imagine that you're going to take the two lenses and you're just going to like put your thumbs in between them and go click, click, click? Or are you going to have to do each one individually? Are they on like one of those rails? No, I'm, gu- I'm guessing it? what happens is when you move one, it moves the other, or you've got yeah. to apply force to both. But they're going to move in sync with one another. Would be my you, uh, expectation. Can you imagine Hopefully. some poor some poor person who doesn't understand IPD or is new to VR, and you know if they move independently and grabs one and sets to the wider setting, and the other one's really close, and they put it on there, like why does it look so strange? Well, so one that's the... Just... So that's the that's the horror stories that we hear about VR. Yeah. I'm hearing it more and more as more people have getting more experience in multiple headsets. There's more people realizing that some of their worst experiences with early VR headsets were because their IPDs were a mismatch for the headsets they were wearing. And they didn't realize it was, you know, like there's yeah. the screen door effect is hard to describe to a new person uh, who hasn't tried a headset. And you could easily mistake the screen door effect for what's going wrong with your IPD and the stereoscopic 3D being completely mismatched and the blur you might see when you look at the edges of the lens. It's like there's not a lot of words people have in their uh, vocabulary to describe the way things look bad to their eyes. My wife, um, she forgets to change the IPD whenever Mm. she puts the headset on. And I keep, you know, I remind every time, remember to set the IPD where it looks right to you. And if I don't sort of remind her, and she's been using VR since the early days with me at, at every headset that I bring home, we, we both try. And it's just it's so an easy, thing easy to forget, to, forget to, to, do, yeah. to make that adjustment. And it's going to be interesting to see if one, two, three is much easier to recall. And the fact that you do it before you put the headset on. Yeah. One one of the problems that I have with my IP adjustment is that my kids will use it and they'll obviously make it much smaller. And then I'll take it and I'll be like, oh, okay, I got to change the IPD here on my quest. And oh, wait, I've bumped it. So you, you just, just by putting it on and taking it off and looking for the volume or something like that, you, you sometimes bump it. So the idea of incremental changes of one millimeter per little bump you can change things over time accidentally with this if it's a click 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 
click, 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 and mm. it stays, then that's mm. definitely an advantage for me. You know, another point I want to make about these lenses, we don't know if these are the same lenses. I think some people suspect that they are newer lenses. Um, but the sweet spot in the lens itself is actually very important uh, because you can have some give, some uh, um, changes in your IPD where it's still decent enough, but it's off by a millimeter or two. So the different size of the sweet spot in the lenses is definitely going to, it probably has a much bigger sweet spot, which actually scares me for other reasons. But uh, if, if that's the case, then that one, two, three might accommodate almost everybody. Well, I mean, we, we don't know the exact numbers, do we? Oh, each sorry, what was that? We don't know the numbers for each click. Where no, the no, uh, not yeah. yet. No. Um, and, but I'm guessing it's going to be, you know, there was that, that sort of subtweet almost from Boz, uh, the head of uh, Andrew Bosworth, the head of VR for Facebook. And he's like, uh, my IPD is 59. And he put a little dot, dot, dot at the end of his, his tweet. And it kind of suggests that there is going to be a big range for this. If I had to read between the lines, um, and obviously there is, you know, I can see the range when I use my quest, it goes from 59 to 71 on the quest uh the original quest i would be surprised if it doesn't match the same range on the new one i mean as you said cool. Luke, I, I, I just i'm sorry my quest is playing up um as you said to you know there is a sweet spot like for me i, I usually set it to about 65 but anything between kind of at least for me, 63 to kind of 66 will generally be okay. And that makes me think that, you know, if you think of that in like increments of four millimeters, that pretty much sets that up to be like, you can have it from 59 to 63, 63 to 67, you know, 67 to, to 71. That kind of works in four millimeter increments. And for me, that's, I've kind of got a four millimeter, but that's probably being generous, but there's somewhat of a leeway there. So it definitely seems like it could be a, a viable option, I think. But Jamie, are you still here? I can't see you if you are. I think Jamie's disconnected. No, Ian, I'm not here. Oh, who said that? <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. Uh, never, please never try a British accent again. <laughs> that, was, that, that wasn't was a British accent. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I don't what know that what was, but it wasn't, it wasn't Jamie. That's at least that. I yeah. wanted to bring up Onward and refer to back to our, our beginning discussion. There's a, apparently a lot going down. We're recording this immediately after onwards release on quest and they updated the onward pc version and i don't know if we've got any comments talking about it but apparently the graphics on the pc version have been dramatically changed um to no bring, you know it wasn't so just far, the yeah. geometry of the right level that changed they've actually changed quite a bit in the pc version so we've got that graphics uh comparison that we did at the beginning of this is I don't think it's representative of what the PC version looks like today. Because it might so have changed, So it's kind of yeah. a problem, yeah. We'll have to see how that goes. No one's mentioned it so far, but um, that's interesting. I can't imagine that's going to so go been, well with uh, PC players. Go on, Carl. I've been staring at these images of the new Quest for a long time. Like, I just 
spent a long time staring at it. One of the images made me think that it wasn't USB-C, which is ridiculous, uh, because then the link cable won't come out, uh, or the, the current link cable won't work with it. Then I'm sitting here looking at the, the new strap, and I'm sitting here looking at my Go versus my Quest and the different strap and how this one's more mm -hmm. of a Go strap. Then I'm thinking about the plastic, and I'm wondering, did they switch to plastic for weight, aesthetics, uh, maybe there are accessories that they can sell for this new quest. Um, I, I don't know. What, what are your guys' thoughts on the cost fact that the whole color? body is plastic? And color? Yeah, I, I like don't know. Easier to, I feel like it'd be easier to um, change colors with plastic, surely, than having to make different fabrics. That's purely out of <laughs> pulling it out of nowhere. But I feel like uh, you know a plastic shell would be easier to to provide different colors. The other thing I've just noticed is what are these two little dots? I'm guessing they might be the microphones. Yeah, those should be dual microphones there, yeah. Microphone. So, yeah. But no, um, plastic maybe for changing colors? I don't know. Who knows? Um, I think it's mostly weight and cost. Um, yeah, I think those are anything they can do to alter the weight. One of the things we, uh, we were staring at this for days on end too, trying to dissect all this and uh one of the uh, things we did is we looked at the internals of the current quest and you can see how much stuff is in there for the ip the current ipd mechanism you know there's a lot of stuff going on inside you know behind the fabric of the current quest and i think uh, I've been trying to, before the leak happened, I was trying to sort of quantify and explain what it needs to do with its next headset. And losing weight is so, so important. Like, they know that they need to bring down price to make it more accessible. But I think when we look back at, like, the history of VR and the things that made it mainstream and got it into millions and millions of hands, the fact that they got... Quest out in 2019 only happened because they were willing to say, let's put a brick on your face, 1.25 pounds. Like, if I, I think there was debate and talk about how heavy it was internally at Facebook and whether that was going to be a showstopper. And for some people, it literally is a showstopper. They get headaches, they can't wear the headset. And it needs lighter. So I'm I'm really glad to see it's got that slimmer sort of depth. And each generation should get lighter and lighter and lighter, like an iPhone or you know slimmer. Yeah. One thing we've got in the comments is uh, only Kazi has pointed out that some people have asymmetrical IPDs and noted that uh, they think Pamalaki has that. And then there's some debate going on with some others talking about whether the sweet spot might account for that might be big enough to account for a slightly, you know, asymmetrical IPD, which is interesting, something I hadn't considered. But yes, good point. Mm -hmm. good point. That was yeah, one of the reasons I why I mentioned them moving together versus moving yeah. separately is because separately. what if you do need one person at a one on the left and a two on the right? I don't know. Uh, Saint yeah. interesting stuff. I said... St. Yuzon has also just said plastic is easy to clean. I can't, the bottom of the comments cut off, but that's a good point. It is easier to clean plastic if you get something on the fabric. The one thing I'm always thinking about with this quest is that, mm. you know, if you sweat and the, the, with the fabric, it kind of seeps into the fabric, which is a bit gross. You know, it's interesting. If Ian is correct that the cloth uh, 
cost more. And so getting rid of the moving to plastic 100% would reduce cost. I want to know how much. I want to know what the value <laughs> of having the cloth on this, how much did that, how much extra was it an extra 20 bucks per headset that they had to charge to be able to do that? Uh, I, it's not, it's irrelevant, but at the same time, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. I'm so Especially curious too. Yeah. I think the thing, the problem with doing, if we, if we had that bill of materials, <laughs> we had that list of everything that was in uh, quest one and everything that's in quest two and how much each component costs. It's so hard to say, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what price Facebook picks for this thing, because I believe they're taking a loss on all their hardware, on all their Quest hardware, at least, that these things are probably component-wise more expensive to produce than the actual end result of $400. It's like Facebook is making a long-term bet of, we need to hit this price point and we need to bring that price point down over time in order to make VR accessible to a larger group of people. Yeah, mm. absolutely. I think, and I think that's a smart approach. I think that if we can get it into more people's hands first, then work on the aesthetics and the size and the, you know, you can do incremental because what was it like 10, 15% lighter? Well, okay. I mean, 20. how much is 10% or even 20? How much is 20% of a pound and a half, something like that? You know, figure out what the actual weight difference is and will it actually matter? Who knows? Gerald, uh, but I Gerald agree with that. I think said, that the. Sorry to interrupt. Gerald has just said on that point if the 20% no, weight loss is true, uh, it'll be lighter than the Oculus Go. Interesting. Oh, well, okay then. Which That's good because go. the Go, in, still, in my opinion, is the most comfortable on my face personally. I don't know if everybody else has that same, uh, but being a respectable so. <laughs> individual glasses and all that. Hey, let's move on to the uh, second news story for this week. So it looks like we're going to talk about Frostpoint. Frostpoint is a new multiplayer triple A VR shooter from in exile am i saying that correctly uh, I, I, hopefully I so. it's in exile creators of wasteland and mage's tale so uh who's played this has anybody played this yet i have not played this mm. i know david has been david has been uh, to the, i wish we had jamie jamie and david here they've been tracking that down they've been working a long time yeah, it's, it's little, to get us that baby. story and uh yeah it's still uh i think there's still lots to learn about that project and i Hopefully, I don't know if Jamie's going to try to return, but uh, they're really the experts on that project. Yeah, I think we should probably David circle was... back to this. Yeah, if they come. Yeah, David. David's been visiting them for a while, and he, I remember he. I think he said in his article he played a version of the game about a year ago that was quite different. Now it's like a kind of like a a, a team based kind of you know one team versus another shooter uh, where you can. It's there's no classes, but you pick weapons and kits and and you know kit yourself out in in a way that suggests the kind of uh, class or play play style that you want to do. Um, and there's also environmental stuff as well. So it's not just two teams versus each other. There'll be kind of like enemies spawning in and stuff to mix things uh, up as well. So it's PvP versus E, player versus player versus environment, um, which is a cool little you know mix up on the traditional team based kind of shooter. But it looks very cool. It looks very, very cool. And we've got a big deep dive on the site. Because um, as we said, Jamie and David have been working on this for quite a while. It was originally going to close out the uh, 
showcase, but had to be pushed back our showcase. So if you want, there's a whole bunch of details. David's been interviewing them. You can check it out on the site. It looks very, very exciting. I, I noticed. Got oh, good. Well, while that's soon. playing. I, I noticed that in the article that we have up on uploadvr.com that uh, it says a AAA caliber game. Is it a AAA game? What makes a AAA game a AAA game is <laughs> a conversation that happens constantly. But I've noticed a few people have made the comment of, is this really a AAA game? And I'm just kind of curious about your guys' thought. That's an interesting kind of, thing to ponder. <laughs> you know, that label, I think, gets thrown around too often. And one of the, you know, it's almost like a, a stand-in for a publisher spent a lot of money on this. Like, that's usually what AAA seems mm. to imply. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that works. I mean, if you look at something, I, I bring it up sometimes on the show, but uh, Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades is made by a few people. Like, you know, just a handful of developers in development for four years now. And it's kind of unfair to call that effort uh, not the same as this effort. You know, like to, mm. to, to put one in one category and put one in another category when it's for been... Sure constantly updated and expanded and expanded and expanded and i don't know that that label gets thrown around a lot when it shouldn't i don't think i mean is there a council of elders somewhere that are determining like (laughs) you are indies and you are triple a i deem two big portals you know we'll send you down to the world (laughs) no right the good news is jamie's back Uh, oh you can see me i can't see see you yes just I in appeared inside Ian, and then I was like, okay, point. I'll just... Uh, I'll just in time, talk about the thing. I, I know nothing I, about it. What is this thing? I can't see the, the, t- oh, Frost the TV point. screen. Frostpoint. Frostpoint. Uh, yeah, this is the new game. <laughs> this is the new game from NXL Entertainment, makers of, well, if you like traditional video games, you'll know Bard's Tale, you'll know Wasteland, uh, and a couple of others. Uh, and then... If you like VR, you'll know uh, Mage's Tale from uh, uh, originally an Oculus Quest, uh, Rift exclusive and then moved on to PlayStation VR. They're actually now a Microsoft-owned studio, which is a very, very interesting thing. This was a deal for a VR game they made before they were purchased by Microsoft, which I guess you could say they're making good. Um, and yeah, it's a 20-player uh, multiplayer VR game. Um, it's described as PVPVE, um, so player versus player versus everyone. Everyone meaning that in these frozen maps that you're seeing around here, uh, monsters, AI monsters, are actually on the field. And the idea, uh, the game dynamic here, if you will, is that as you're fighting each other, you might come across a giant monster that actually maybe you, you both decide you need to kind of team up again uh, to take down before getting back to the fight between you. So I think there's actually a lot of really, really interesting uh, mechanics here. It's being published by a company called Third Bus, which was originally called uh, G-U-M-I-E-M-I, so Gummy, I guess you'd say, um, the developer and publisher of Swords of Gargantua. Uh, oddly enough, it's a, a, a funny funny setup. Um, but yeah, it's coming out later this year, developed by Inexile Entertainment, like I said. Uh, they bill it as a AAA shooter. I know that uh, some of the reception uh, to the game has been people asking, 
you know, is really AAA, but I, I guess we don't really know a lot about the game yet, and it's hard to tell. And also, a lot of people wondering, you know, at this point in VR's life, is it sensible to launch another online shooter and try and foster another community, especially one that's going to be exclusive to PC VR, like this is uh, certainly at launch? Um, is it going to be able to stack up next to Onward? I'm really, really excited about it because I'm not a military simulation guy, so stuff like Onward and then even stuff that's more counter strikey like Pavlov isn't really my kind of bag. This is kind mm. of a bit more my vibe. The weapons are actually still very kind of realistic, very kind of modern. Um, but the concept is so much more interesting to me personally. Um, so I'm, I'm very hopeful for it. And uh, a beta is starting in September, I believe. Mm. When's the, the yeah, we were talking about how much you caught, uh, what now? I was just going to ask Jamie, do we know when the full release is? It's it's later this year after the beta. Right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no official release date yet. I think there's, I think they're also saying something along the lines. Uh, we have a full interview on the game with uh, a games industry legend, Brian Fargo, which you should definitely check out. David did a really, really good interview with them. Um, and they said, I might be getting this wrong, so go and watch the interview to make sure, that they're approaching the beta as almost like a, a play to buy. So if you put a certain amount of hours into the beta, it might be that you get the game for free, which I think is a very intelligent way of kickstarting a potential community around the game. Um, yeah. Very cool. Cool. Very cool. There All is, right. Well, we look forward to more... The, uh, Bit of debate in the comments about your definition of uh, PvPVE because I thought it was player versus player versus environment, which I said before you came back. Yeah, you said oh. everyone, and then Onikazi said, "Doesn't it equal environment?" And then someone else said enemies. So anyway, <laughs> oh, okay. um, but I mean, if it's way, enemies it and environment, it's something besides everyone. the two teams. Yeah, okay, that's, means, that's what yeah, I meant. I'm used to PVE, which I always thought was player versus everyone, which I thought was like. What you used in MMOs? My God, I've been getting it wrong the was, entire time. You know, I thought it was—I thought it was player versus environment. Yeah, because it's like you know AIs. But who knows? Maybe we're both player versus environment. There you go. It's me. Heeny God says it's player versus environment. Yeah, I wasn't going to—I was going to tell you you're an idiot on stream, Jamie. But... <laughs> no, you can do. <laughs> Don't that. worry. The comments—the comments got to that. Don't worry. What's yeah, next okay. on the list, Kyle? Third time today. Hey, cool. I have, yes, I have one hand awesome. now. All right. Let's move to the next piece of news. Next piece of news is about Microsoft Flight Simulator VR support confirmed for the fall, but only for the reserve detail. So, yeah, hands down. <laughs> I don't. Well, it's it, they, they did say at first it's in the. It, well, they said it will come to. I believe they said it will come to other heads at a later date. Uh, yeah, that's. It's going to, yeah, once they've got the reverb uh, integration out the door, they said they'll work on the uh, the other versions as well. Okay. Harry and I were talking before the show. How are they going mm. to lock it to just that one headset? How? Well, I really want to know. There is a way to do it. If, it's, if that uh, VR integration is exclusive to the Windows Store version of the game, which would mean you then kind of play it on the Windows Mixed Reality platform that they launched a couple of years back i mean if you remember that's actually the only way you can play halo recruit the kind of five minute uh, halo vr demo that's still unfortunately the only way you can experience that and i really want to try that ian's the only one that's tried it because he's well he's the that's only one fine but i have i have three windows 
MR headsets uh, floating around the house. Why won't oh, those work if the G2 will? Oh, very true. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, maybe maybe they will. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe they're just assuming no one else wants to use a Windows MR headset if it's not a G2. No, is that what it is? They're assuming everybody threw theirs out already? Maybe. Is, is our last news subject OpenXR? Is that the next one? It is, yes. Correct, yes. Because I think there's a related Combined thing them. to get into here between these two things. And uh, I, I feel like there's... You You can sneer at me, Jamie. But I still I can't, am I can't convinced. See you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm so convinced, or you know, I'm holding out hope, I guess. I'll put it that way. I'm holding out hope that there are surprises for Xbox VR. I... No, consider yourself it's sneered at. It's such so. a mistake. Yeah, major yes, sneers. I know. Major it's not a mistake. Not a mistake. Yeah. That was a mistake. They're not uh, going to make any money on that yet. They will uh, in a couple of years. <laughs> then it will be a mistake. Oh, he's got nothing on me. Flight Simulator is selling reverb. Is is you know that's it. Is Flight Simulator selling so many reverbs that I don't? I don't Microsoft think is going to rear its heads on me and yeah. be like, "Oh, I actually, we've made a huge true. mistake. Roll back." It's, it's just reverb the, is still the related, a six hundred dollar headset. The reason I the reason I say these are related is Microsoft was more or less first out the gate with OpenXR support. Mm-hmm. They uh, were there early and uh, had multiple runtimes running uh, with it uh, on their system. And in theory, what OpenXR does is allows uh, a developer to make a piece of software that runs on multiple systems and runs on multiple headsets really effectively. That's clearly the opposite story that's being told for Reverb G2 being the only headset to this, you know, this to run on. Mm. But it's just uh, things like Minecraft VR and Flight Simulator VR. Those are giant, giant titles if they had them running in VR on an Xbox and potentially on other systems, uh, and, which I mean, they already there. It's already there, and they're and the the larger thing here, in my opinion, is platform fragmentation. Keeney and I go back and forth on this a lot. We've we've talked about this, but like what we're seeing in the Oculus ecosystem is sort of a forced convergence on a single platform and that's that platform is quest and they're all supporting open xr so it's there's there's a convergence happening across systems and it just seems like a mistake for you can run an xbox you can run xbox games on pc why can't you run pc games on xbox i don't i don't see that following for another generation so first well but the thing is i'm not talking about generation i'm talking about generation launch i'm saying right now in the specifics of a console business it doesn't really make sense for microsoft to add that to their marketing message similar in the way that sony hasn't come out and said oh yes and by the way there will be a second psvr for the playstation 5 because they're already making you think of one 500 box they don't want you to think of the next you know, the next thing that's coming in the next two or three years that also costs three hundred, four hundred dollars, because then you're starting to think, oh well, should I even get the five hundred dollar box if I play all the best games on it in a couple of years I need to spend another three hundred dollars. It, it it comes down to the basics of that. I completely agree with you that eventually Microsoft will be lagging and will need to catch up, especially because we were just talking about Crosspoint developed by now a Microsoft owned studio. Um 
and a couple of others. Double Fine, now a Microsoft-owned studio, has had dealings in VR. And what's the Ninja other one? Ninja Theory. Theory. Ninja Theory with Hellblade. Again, could have huge, huge, huge potential. Actually, a very, very advanced VR studio in many ways. I, I'm Ninja just talking the- about... What- Ninja Theory did the... Uh- uh, Nicodemus, I think. I think they worked on Nicodemus for the Void, yeah. uh, which is an, an extraordinary experience and terrifying. And they, they also worked on some, to some degree, they worked on Beta Immortal. There was a partnership there. They never actually fully divulged what, but they have really incredible tech over there, which I'm sure played a lot of, uh, a big role in it. I, I totally think, you know, five, tech, well, no, five, let's say between three to four, five, ugh, I can't speak, three to five years from now, I totally think there will be an Xbox VR headset. I just think it's wrong to look at what they're saying about it now in this year and call that a mistake because they have to sell a box this Christmas. Uh, and I think diverging and, and talking about VR right box. now, literally a box <laughs> uh, in many, many ways. Um, I think diverging now and talking about VR now for them would distract from a marketing message of getting out ahead of Sony. Um, so that's what I mean I by that. The- I think their message is already mixed enough, right? Like, oh, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> this is plus, already yeah, they're turning into there. they're turning into a services company. They're turning into, you know, X Cloud, and they're turning into Games Pass. And where does VR fit into yeah. all of that? That's a whole other question. Um, but I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to see it. I just think it's a, a it's a while out, and I don't think Microsoft is really heavily losing out right now, um, not having it on Xbox. I think there there is a time. Phil Spencer himself, head of Xbox, said, I hope one day it's a no-brainer. And I think he knows one day it will be a no-brainer. It's just not today. And when it is, it'll be there. So how freaked out would everybody be if Microsoft announces after the next Xbox comes out, they say, by the way, Quest 2 with the link cable can plug right into it and it works. Mm. Could see that happening. Yeah. That would be, I mean, it wouldn't oh, be freaked oh. out. I'd be, I'd be jazzed. I'd do the jazz hands. Give Phil Spencer the jazz hands. That's, I love it. What I'm I feel, love it. Um, it's such a uh, weird history between those two companies, though, because if you remember back at E3, I want to say 2015, Phil Spencer came out on stage at a uh, Oculus press conference and said, you can stream Xbox One games uh, into your Rift. And I think everyone then assumed it was the, the logical next step that, you know, if PlayStation VR took off, if Oculus did well, you'd then be able to plug the Rift into an Xbox One. Uh, and obviously, they, that clearly, not necessarily that, but some form of that plan was clearly uh, in effect at some point when they said that Project Scorpio, uh, Xbox, no, what's the name? Xbox One Xbox X. Xbox One, one X. X. God damn it. Start saying hard. ones and Xs, it'll be right. Um, yeah. Uh, at one point they were saying that was for VR. So clearly at some point there was, you know, some kind of uh, plan for some kind of headset on an Xbox console. Um, and they've delayed those those plans very clearly. And what if I, it was linked? I think we'll see them hit resume very, huh. very soon, whether it's with their own stuff or whether it is with, with Link or with uh, Quest 2 or whatnot. I do, we'll I do wonder if, like, Link, the, 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 the Scorpio slash One X thing was like, I guess the Scorpio slash One X came out long before Link. I, I, I'm truncating the timelines in my head. But I do mm-hmm. wonder if it was like, a bit like you said, you know, the, the Series X plugging in a quest. I wonder if mm. the plan was like a Link style thing, you know, Link works with PC and with an Xbox. Mm. Uh, with the with the One X. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. so 
rolling that in because Ian sort of already did this. The the next our last piece of news for this week is that Facebook's Oculus Store now accepts open xr apps which is what ian had alluded to earlier that there's this uh uh i don't know convergence pun intended uh, of all of the different types of uh games and apps that all if they work on open xr then they're a little bit more uh universally compatible with uh different headsets and easier for the devs to work with uh i don't know ian do you have more to talk about with open xr uh the the big thing that's kind of we we keep sort of coming back to is there's things like DRM that can come in the way of that, and then there's these high level graphics APIs and and getting things to run on an Android chipset that's three years old or four years old, whatever this Quest chipset is now, um, at 72 hertz is is it. A monument, as we've we talked about with Onward today, right? It's a monumental under, undertaking, and it can have dramatic effects on the quality. At the end of the day, uh, right before we came in here, I we published a story about a patent application from Valve for a wireless technology to stream wireless to a headset. And you know, it's I think we're really close, really, really close to Facebook launching its wireless technology for Quest. And the moment that wireless sort of gets here, the box that you use near your headset is just a rendering box. It's like it's a it's a drawing box that beams stuff to your headset. And Johnny Ive would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's great. Uh, but like what happens there is just you get this situation where, yes, you want to work standalone wherever you are, but if you're near a powerful rendering box, you get to do other things or get to see much more lush environments. And I just... A rendering box. Uh, I love the term. <laughs> you, talk about, you talk about things like Minecraft, where they've got like really beautiful graphics in some of their latest updates. And that's one of the things that's supporting OpenXR. Right out of the box, the part of the announcement now is that Minecraft's rendering engine is supporting OpenXR. And they're going to rebuild their PC version of Minecraft, that their VR implementation of Minecraft around OpenXR. And so there's still work to be done to make a game like Minecraft run on a quest with slower frame rates and much less graphical power. But you start seeing this convergence of being able to run one application on any device, wired and wireless, doesn't matter. It's like, there's, it would be tragic if we went into this next phase of the VR market and uh, you couldn't use um, multiple headsets wirelessly. If you and you, you only had some games in your library that worked with that wireless connection, and we could have that. I just, I want OpenXR could do a lot to make that not a nightmare, and I think that's kind of the hope. Um, I think there's a lot of like behind the scenes agreements happening between Valve and Microsoft, and then perhaps Facebook and others to ensure cross compatibility and you know open xr is very public 
agreement between all these corporations to have compatibility with all these systems. But the question is always like behind the scenes when we're talking wireless, we're talking big name titles, are those going to be kept off of different headsets or is mm-hmm. it really going to interoperate as much as we all hope it does? Because it doesn't it doesn't serve any of these companies if like I was saying, uh flight simulator only runs on a single headset. Like the that's it seems like that could be like I remember five. Remember when uh five pushed so hard for having <laughs> exclusives regarding Bethesda games? Like, uh, yeah, they were cheeky with it, weren't they? Is the term I would use. I kind of get the same impression, and those and those exclusives were <laughs> they were not active for long. Like you could get those things running on a Rift pretty quickly, right? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it was it, it was a it was a funny one though because it was it felt like it was potentially driven by the lawsuit between Bethesda and Erlst uh, Max and Facebook as well, right? Um, and it, but it, it more felt like Five wanted to piggyback off of uh, Steam's messaging of we don't believe in exclusives. But then, then also when some exclu- exclusives just kind of happened to fall in their lap, they were only too happy to, to lap them up. That was kind of my reading of it. Um, yeah, and I, I, I guess that's, it does feel similar in, in, in that way to the flight stimulus situation uh, the flight simulator situation i really cannot talk to me um <laughs> in that yeah they it just seems like there's an opportunity to take advantage of something there this is a microsoft game this is practically a microsoft headset uh why not take advantage of that from a pure business sense i think is, is what you know certainly hp's thinking is on, on that front. d1360 vr has made a cool point i hadn't thought of which is they've just commented Oculus Link Wireless for Xbox. Now that is an interesting thought. Yeah, it's big. Imagine yeah. that. Keep, keep in mind, one of the things there is, uh, I believe, isn't both PS4 or PS5 and Xbox AMD? Um, aren't they both oh, AMD-based uh, graphics? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I know where you're going with this, Ian. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, Heaney, the, the, speak up in my ear if I'm wrong on that. Um but uh, Nitero, uh, N-I-T-E-R-O, yeah. was purchased by AMD a couple of years ago, and uh, prior to that purchase, they got a they got invested in by Valve. And I want to say I've Microsoft wondered well, about this right? for a long time, but I think that I think Microsoft had something to do with it as well. I could be wrong. Could I be. feel like I feel like when we were talking about, like, I mean, there's so much weird lore around Microsoft and. Uh, VR, but I remember once they put out a blog saying that it was their belief that VR had to be wireless on console, right? There, there was something along those lines. I think it was when they basically backed off of the idea of VR on Xbox One X. The, uh, I think Alex Kipman in a blog said somewhere, it's our belief that console VR has to be wireless. And I think they said something about Nitro then, but uh, yeah. Many strands. 
Well, we'll see what happens with all of that then. Uh, you know, wireless VR is definitely something that we all want desperately across the board. Uh, let's move to our hot topic because this is one where I feel like there's going to be a lot of comments. So if you're watching this live right now on, on YouTube, I, I expect comments. The hot topic this week is how much does graphic realism actually matter? So the question is, is does it have to look real for it to be a good game in VR? Uh, I know my feelings, but I'll hold those off until the end. Harry, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? No, end of discussion. No, just, and no um, end of discussion. Doesn't matter. Okay. Well, no, I mean, yeah, there's some great looking VR games that you can play that look amazing. That being said, um. I think it's similar to traditional games in that, you know, there are some amazing looking games that I play on my PlayStation and on my Switch and my Xbox, but I've also played some really great games that, you know, could be very easily done and don't kind of take that much graphical power or, you know, really push the graphics in a significant way. But in terms of art style, they're really interesting. I don't think, I think what's, what, what is more interesting is that because of the, the, you know, uh, hardware limitations um quest is kind of you you're not going to see those it's kind of limited that you have to either downgrade a really good looking game to run on quest with severe limitations <laughs> or you get a kind of design for quest interesting art style kind of thing where it's you know it started and finished at quest or had that in mind so is kind of built um that way which one thing that makes me think of that is what well, oh, is it lies beneath the lies horror beneath, game yeah. or the survival because that kind of came out on pc vr and quest but uh from memory there wasn't that much difference right in the graphics but it was kind of like designed with an art style that that still looked really good Um, it was very cel-shaded yeah yeah it was exactly kind of worked with the system as opposed to against it whereas i think the problem with the quest now is we're either seeing games being ported over that have to be kind of take these huge downgrades a bit like again in death is like it, yep. it, it is a PC VR game that's been massively slashed. Uh, and that's great because it's a really fun game, but you can tell that it's like started high and been, you know, things have been taken away as opposed to, you know, something that was designed for the console. Um, so I think the answer is both a, 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 a viable, but at the moment you've kind of, you know, you're in a situation where most Quest games are either ports that are being downgraded or designed. You, you, it's not like you kind of have the option to design something that looks really amazing on Quest, you know, or similarly PSVR or something, you know. Um, I guess Iron Man VR is an interesting one in that regard because it was designed mm. exclusively for PSVR, but still kind of the graphics are, you know, a, an interesting <laughs> point of discussion yeah. for that game. Yeah, not great. Absolutely. Ian, I want I want your opinion on this next. Uh, pistol whip. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry to, to do it again, but I put that comparison video up today as well because it's on PSVR, and you can look at it and see side by side by side Quest, PSVR, PSVR, and it's hard to see a difference. Uh, PCVR has some nice things that don't seem to run on the other ones, but it's so difficult to see any differences between these systems and it's my favorite game i've played it dozens and dozens of hours and it keeps bringing me back and it's like the opposite of realism like it's it's so dreamy 
and it's it's not necessary for it to look physically realistic. The problem is uh, this is a completely different. You know, there's lots of layers to realism. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's literally uh, that reality is uh, so hard to recreate. And as we go on and on into VR, we learn more or less how many layers have to be simulated for it to be a convincing thing. Um, you know, you don't need uh, like I hate the cardboard feel in a lot of experiences, right? If it yeah. if if everything you look at is very clearly a flat cardboard yeah that's kind of ugly like a hollow prop yeah if you can see behind like it just anyways yeah this one is my favorite example because i love it so much and it's so very far from realism and onward like i get i don't know i got my stomach churned a little bit in there after (laughs) 30 minutes of running around with snap turns and with uh you know, with snap turns, and but with, you know, the stick motion. And it's just, it's really hard to put your finger on what makes you sick. It's the motion. I, I'm, I'm unconvinced it's solely the motion. I think part of it sometimes does have to do with that cardboard feel if you notice it too much. And, mm-hmm. I, and I do see that a lot in the Onward Quest version, that it's just like uh, everything around you, if it doesn't physically respond as you would expect it to, if you push things and they don't push back or if they don't you know you try to do things and they don't work right it, it causes a mismatch and makes you feel uncomfortable and so like mm-hmm. the thing about something like pistol whip is it doesn't give you those things to push you literally have one tool in your hand and you're going to use that tool a game like onward you're trying to use cover you're trying to hide behind walls and every time you like clip through a wall or whatever your brain does that mismatch thing and uh <laughs> It can become really uncomfortable. It seems- Ian, Ian, I need to I need to interrupt you here though because I, I have to ask you a question because I feel like, uh, well, let me just ask the question first. Let's say that Pistol Whip changes nothing but comes out with the ultra realistic edition. Please don't call it that if you do. Uh, and it's everything is like the most accurate in terms of graphics, the gun, the lighting, there's specular shaders, the people are real and they grimace at you when you shoot them. Would that change the game for you? Oh yeah, it would, it would completely change it. And this goes back to sort of uh, H3 VR, hot dogs, horseshoes and hand grenades, where they refuse to put uh people in the game they have hot dogs you shoot and constantly people are saying why don't you put people why don't you let me shoot people i love shooting people and like <laughs> wait, wait, right i mean you guys I were making jokes people. on the onward stream but the developers literally get those types of comments it's yeah, so do. much fun to shoot people and you know it really helps in that sort of sense when it's an unrealistic person in in my mind I I prefer not to feel like I'm murdering someone. It's it's kind of like yeah. that cinematic feel of just uh, it's a bit being like dreamlike when, and power fantasy. If you're actually feeling the guilt yeah. of, of shooting someone, that's not the feeling you want to be having. I think out it's VR. a good a good example in that regard. I think is I remember when David and I streamed the GTA mod. Um, yeah. uh, that was, you know, kind of VR and David tried first person mode 
and just did like the normal uh, GTA, you know, affair of like walking up to someone on the side and just like shoot them. And he was like, oh, I feel really bad. Now that's like a lot more confronting yeah. uh, than it ever has been, you know, and GTA is notoriously kind of confronting uh, without the, uh, and then he puts on the headset and he's like, oh no, this feels kind of a bit not right all of a sudden. Um, yep. Just to go to some of the comments, uh, some of them have scrolled past me already, but a lot of people were saying the consensus seems to be uh, not necessarily or not always, but obviously it depends. Um, you know, like uh, Philip is saying, I think it's Philip is saying, but you know, in flight simulator or any sim game, it's important, but in general, it's not, you know, uh, a deal breaker. Um, you know, James, James uh, out loud has said, at loud has said a sense of presence is most important. And if the player has a good degree of agency, which I think is similar to what you were saying, you know, it's not, I guess it's different to the traditional games. That's not just about what you're seeing. Cause it's also, you're in the, you know, it's, as, as you said, it's a sense of presence and, you know, there's a, um, a kind of meeting point of the environment and your interaction with it and how you experience it as opposed to just watching it on a screen. Yeah. yeah. Jamie, Jamie, what's your opinion? Uh, it's hard. It's a really, really sprawling subject because, I mean, essentially the reason we're talking about this this week is because Onward, uh, to be perfectly blunt, looks pretty bad on the quest, in, in my opinion. Um, and we've been talking as a group uh, before the podcast about, you know, does does that matter Do the, to the people that are going to buy it? Um, there is this, you know, very compelling argument to be made that yeah kind of vr graphics because of the success are going that way while you know the standalone headset is going that way um and ex- and the trade-off of visual fidelity and presentation for accessibility and obviously the whole point about onward is yeah it looks like crap um but he he's been making the point recently but at the same time hundreds thousands many thousands more people are going to be able to play onward than they would before and the question is do the sacrifices they make to get onward running on the quest which are heavy 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 do they matter if people now get to play it um i think yeah i think in this case you know i was i was streaming onward with david earlier today and i was having loads and loads of fun and i i think i'm arriving at the idea personally for me and I'm not reviewing the game. David's reviewing the game. Um, Onward is kind of just on the cusp of acceptability for this. The game looks dreadful on some of its maps. It really, <laughs> really, really, really looks dreadful. And incidentally, this is actually kind of a developing story because uh, when I broke earlier, I looked online and uh, apparently the update for the PC version of the game gives it a kind of graphical overhaul, which people are saying is for the worst. Um, so that's something we'll be looking into in a bit. Um, I think it's, 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 it's really hard to come down on this. Uh, I personally think that this for VR, even though I like Onward and think it's fun, I, I don't think this is good. I don't think this is good at all. I think... Well, like, imagine, like, right, the way I think about it is, like, maybe someone who's already invested in VR will put up with this. But if I give this to, like, a a friend who's played traditional games and is used to that standard and has not tried VR, they're going to go, well, it looks really terrible. 
I like, think you're right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we'll we'll put up with it because we want, you know, and, and all those people on Reddit and online who have been waiting for Onward on Quest will probably put up with it and play it and enjoy it. But it's when you give it to someone else, the standard everywhere else is so high, even for PC VR or, like, if someone's done a location-based VR thing, which looks better, you know? Like, yep. it's not just traditional games either. People have probably, at this point, had VR experiences, even ones that are not, like, realistic but look good in a stylistic kind of arty way um and you come back to this and i can't imagine people being impressed with that i don't think it'd be a good yeah. impression to give anyone and, and, and how does fortnite fall into that but fortnite so, is, is uh, has an artistic style okay like, it, it's not it's not realistic to that point though it's it's there's also the the argument to be made for the quest owner that's not a gamer that bought it because you know they like Beat Saber and they like the fitness app and whatnot and the graphics don't matter to them. But then again, mm. Onward's actually kind of a hardcore game. It's not it's not a casual shooter by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't necessarily think those two audiences collide very well. Yeah. Um, well, as I'll, is I'll anyway. say this. I'll say this that uh, I think that the real answer to this question, based on what everybody has said here, is that it's relative, relative to you, yeah, sure. the type of game you like to play, the type of experience you like to have. Some people might not also like relative, Fortnite, relative but to the millions game, other like, do. No, I think that's the the thing with Onward in particular, and we're going to have to get into this, like Jamie's sort of alluding to here, that. Uh, if you took that away from the PC players that yep. really learned to love the game, and then you gave them a quest-like experience on PC, it, in any any reduction whatsoever, it only it, like an early access game should get better over time. Would be the thinking. And yep. so, if you took away all of that thing, all of that stuff that you loved about the game, just add a bigger player base that's going to enrage a very large segment of people. Yep, and sure. regardless of all these other things, like, yeah, maybe it's acceptable for some, but those people that sort of carried the game for the last couple of years are going to be turned away pretty quickly. And and to, to build on this point on the flip side, and this maybe gets away from the graphics thing a little, but there is a hugely interesting case with what's going on with Onward releasing on the Oculus Quest store, because... When you go on the Quest store and you boot up the Onward page, it says nothing about it being in early access. On PC, it's on early access, but it says nothing on the Oculus Quest store about that. Or, or nothing in a particular banner uh, painted out that way. I haven't uh, not like traditionally into the early access. Yeah, not, not like you would right? warn on Steam. Thing. Yeah, not like you'd warn on Steam or even on the Oculus Rift store. Those are not there. As soon as you boot it up, it tells you the game is in early access. The game has really 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 problematic graphical issues uh there's a gif out there i used in a tweet go look at it an enemy dies he falls on the floor not only is the character model just like the worst like ps2 level thing it's actually like <laughs> missing bits of the model as he lands on the floor it, oh it lo- it i looks- saw that gif yeah that yes that oh, GIF. thank you very it. much stop it uh-uh. <laughs> nope, yeah dude, never, he couldn't resist never. so there's but then there's something about I'm just going to say, there's something about hypocrisy. Isn't there some hypocrisy going on here? That Facebook, that has so staunchly stood by this curation policy for the last year and a half now, why is Onward suddenly on this store? Does, this I'm also seems very like surprised they even let that so happen. many things. Yeah. No, it's... Like, I, I, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised they let it look this way. I'm surprised that when you boot it up, they let you know it be like, this yeah. is early access. Because it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, as you said, it, it's kind yeah. of, you know. Hmm. 
Uh, well, you're, you're both bringing up such interesting points about it, and I think I'd be really curious if, if I don't know if Dante <laughs> is the model. Dante's got a lot going on, so uh, <laughs> there he is. you know he's he's got a launch day here. <laughs> but boy. I would love to hear from Dante and people yep. like that um, who mm-hmm. have to deal with Facebook day in and day out um, yep. because you're at Facebook's mercy, and they get to say whether your game gets to launch or not at the end of the day and they can exert some pressure so like where does that control end for dante's men- messaging for this game and where is it his his responsibility to message this correctly to an audience yep. that they're merging and then the other thing is like to your point people on quest could love this this could be the thing that they've been missing and that's exactly what facebook needed but what about those pc players did they lose something in order yep. to get those other players. So like it's good for Dante and Downpour Interactive to get that audience. It's good for Facebook to get that audience. What does that mean for the PC players? And are they getting I, I also and I'm curious what happens I, with Boneworks, because Boneworks is coming next. I wanted just wanted to throw that out true. there. That yeah, I'm curious well, what Boneworks that's nat- does. That's a native spin-off. That's not a direct port. So that you there's gotta yeah. be more I also to I that. also maybe this is an assumption or naive me, but I feel like something about Boneworks having played it on PC VR, I, I feel like you'd be able to get that running looking better on not, not Boneworks, like as in porting Boneworks, but you'd be able to get a version of Boneworks built for Quest that kind of maintains the visual style of Boneworks, but you know, mm. doesn't look they like they could call a, it Bone you know... Sort of Works. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God's sake. Two yeah, in the that'll be, that'll be the five minutes. title when it's buggy as hell and you know we have to give it like <laughs> no, that's two the beta stars. access. That's the beta <laughs> access. <laughs> okay, well this is a great conversation and I think the idea of graphic uh fidelity is something that will continuously be on all of our minds as new games come out and new updates slowly decrease uh, the graphic integrity for multiplayer. And uh, there's trade-offs. I mean, it's a legitimate trade-off thing. And I got one word for you, folks. Esports. VR esports. It's a thing. Yeah, well, it's going to be big. Actually, yeah. my, now that you mentioned that, um, important thing to mention, speaking of online Esports is too um, right so there's 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 tournaments being run by uh vrml which is i think vr master league i wrote about this yesterday i think the article's up on the site um yeah and now in oculus venues uh on saturdays they are broadcasting echo arena matches um because anyone can sign up and play in a, i think in a team or whatever um, but Saturday's Echo Arena matches, and Sunday there's Onward matches, and so you can watch these esport matches in Oculus venues, which is really cool. So yes, VR esports, it is a thing, uh, are, and you can also watch it now in Oculus venues. Are the do the esports have announcers? Uh, because I've seen esports announcers before, and it's like a real cringy. I haven't seen a good one yet. So if anybody oh, no, out there I have knows, to, I have to very much disagree with that. You've been watching the wrong really esports because. I mean, Good. I mean, before I did, but before I did, um, all this stuff, I was kind of in. I was doing Overwatch esports stuff. There's some really good esports casters. I actually don't know if this, if if they have casters for these tournaments because they're pretty, um, you know, it's not like it's a professional kind of league. It's more just anyone can join in. But uh, I don't know if they have casters, but that would be cool. But yeah, you can go and watch the matches in Oculus venues, which is very, very cool. I think. 
some weekend. You know what it is? is we have to wait until some of the players have gotten old enough to retire to be in the announcers. <laughs> and we just haven't gone to that point yeah. yet, but we will. Echo, we will. Echo Arena, you know, retiree. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good show today, guys. Uh, and hopefully the audience enjoyed everything. Uh, as usual, I'd like to encourage everyone to go check out UploadVR.com for all of your news, reviews, comments, and interviews, as I say at the beginning of the show each week. And also check out our YouTube channel uh, for all sorts of really great new content that's coming out. I don't know, Jamie, do you want to add anything to that? Oh no! I was just miming everything you were saying. I was like doing. Jamie's been doing some great mimes over Got there. It. I, mean, I was watching yeah. the camera was, was on you, you, but I saw. Thank you. I thank can't you. see him. Yeah. So it's all good. Oh, he's been doing, like, uh, yeah. typing mimes. You know, a whole bunch of stuff. He's yeah. 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 I'll work on them for next yeah. week. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, anybody else have anything that they want to add? No, nothing for me. Going once, going twice. Okay. Well, I guess that's all for this week. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And we will see you in the future. Bye, guys. So long.